if you're someone who can't just dig in and do everything that you need to do, you're not going to survive something like this. I'm creative. I'm passionate about what I do. Um, I love my restaurant. I'm very proud. There's definitely a lot of pride there. I'm not, I'm not going down. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. So, um, and I'm stubborn. I'm a stubborn German woman, and I'm not going to let COVID take me out. That's just not going to happen. Hello and welcome to Year of the Pivot on the Beyond Networking Podcast. This season, we're learning from individuals and organizations who made monumental shifts in 2020 in order to keep their business alive and continue pursuing their mission. I'm your host, Brian Miller, an author, speaker, coach, and consultant on human connection. Today's pivoter is Pam Pados, a beloved Connecticut-based entrepreneur and restaurateur who longtime listeners of this podcast will remember. In fact, Pam was the very first guest ever on this show back when it was called One New Person. When the world shut down, restaurants were the first and most visible industry to pivot, shifting to takeout only and building the foundation of curbside pickup, now a mainstay in our culture. Like, can you remember a time without curbside pickup? In Pam's case, it was even trickier. Her current restaurant is a bistro and bakery designed around a small town ambiance and community tables in a very tight space. She didn't have the systems or the staff to do takeout. But almost a year later, Popover Bistro and Bakery remains a pillar of the community. And I know that because I live here. In this conversation, Pam walks us through the nightmare that was her 2020 pivot. Pay attention to how her unwavering commitment to staying alive kept her going even in the darkest and most chaotic of times. A word before you listen. In true COVID fashion, we had a lot of internet difficulties during this particular recording. This was in the early days of Year of the Pivot when I was still using Zoom before switching to our sponsor, Riverside.fm. In fact, this episode is the reason I searched for a new remote recording platform. Due to an intermittent internet connection, I had to ask Pam to repeat her stories many times, which was frustrating for both of us. I was already asking her to relive incredibly difficult and emotional moments that were still really fresh back in November when we had this conversation. I felt awful asking her to repeat them. As such, this episode is going to feel a little pieced together. I did the best I could to take the highest quality pieces of the recording and splice them into a coherent conversation. But don't despair. It's really only the first 10 minutes that's going to feel underwhelming in terms of audio quality. Bear with the first 10 minutes and you'll be smooth sailing after that. And I promise it's worth the effort. There is so much good stuff here. Thank you, Pam, for being so understanding in the midst of all the other chaos. Check the show notes for all the ways to connect with Pam on social media. Head to yearofthepivot.com for the Pivot Power newsletter. Get notified when a new episode drops, the Pivot Pearl of the Week, and gain access to exclusive live streams, masterminds, and clubhouse get-togethers. And now I bring you my dear friend, Pam Pedos. What are you working on right now? <laughs> right now. 
I'm just honestly just working on how to get to the end of this year and cross the finish line and hopefully just be able to start fresh and bid 2020 a farewell. It was a great challenging year. We did it. Woohoo. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. I'm out of new ideas at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so th- this is interesting. So you and I, this, the, we, we just had to restart this conversation and this is like 2020 all over, right? Like we just had to restart it because the zoom bandwidth or something hung up and whatever. And w- the first time I asked you the question, you were speaking about how everything had been going well this year um, until like just a few days ago, one of your cooks got COVID and then you had to shut down and quarantine and you're just rebuilding again. And just, I feel like, do you just throw your hands up in the air at this point? There have been a couple of times where I'm just like, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's mentally exhausting because there's just always something. It's been very hard to find staff. I'm doing things I wasn't doing before cooking every day. So I'm on the line and I'm cooking and I'm running the restaurant and managing my staff and taking care of bills. And it's, it's an insane amount of work. I've never worked so hard in my life. Oh, I'm sure. And I, and I see in the community forums on Facebook and things that occasionally, you know, in spite of all that, you still get the jerks, right? You still get the critical customers in spite of all this. Absolutely. Absolutely. We get the people who are going around to different places, trying to catch you doing something bad. I was cooking the other day and I'm cooking an eight to nine hour shift. You don't really get to take a break because people are ordering constantly. And I took down my mask and mind you, I don't have COVID. I get tested every so often. I took down my mask. I drank a water, took a breath, talked to my other cook a little bit. And this guy was standing in the window of my kitchen, took a picture of me and sent it to the health department. Unbelievable. It's like, are you like you're trying to catch us doing something and we're not. It's, it's OK to do that. It's OK to have a drink of water. I mean, seriously, I, I and 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 the craziest thing is this person is in a restaurant. Now, you're doing everything in your power to make it safe and to do what you have to do. But we all know that restaurants are a little bit riskier than other places right now. They just are. And so you're going out of your way. But to me, the mindset of somebody who is actually voluntarily stepping into that slightly riskier environment just to try to catch somebody out, to me, is just, it's such a bananas thing to do. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. Not even like a real customer of mine that just, you know, decided that he's going to target me. I don't know who this person is. Well, I do know who he is. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We don't have to, we don't have to out him here. We'll, we'll talk later. Uh, so, and, and the other question we had, uh, started to chat about before the internet went wonky, which was back in January, February, pre COVID, if you had met somebody at a social gathering and they said, what do you do? Uh, your answer the first time around was so good. What, what would you have said, or what did you say back in January, February this year? I get watching the news, seeing what's happening. I decided to cancel my vacation. And from that day on, we said, what, what are we going to do? We need to keep this place alive. We closed for four days. We reopened four days and we just tried to learn something we hadn't done before. We did maybe 10 to 15% of our business takeout. It was all about hospitality and dining in and welcoming people into our place. And that was our business. So really kind of learning how to do high volume. Yeah, it was definitely um, a a work in progress for us. We just, we had no clue what we were doing at first. So it was just myself and my business partner who wasn't working in the restaurant. 
So she just stepped in and she ran the front of the house, I ran the back. And honestly, I loved it for about eight weeks. I loved it. I love a challenge. Throw a challenge at me. I'm like, I'm going to kill this. We're not going down. COVID's not taking me down. (laughs) (laughs) So we came up with ideas. I brought my old restaurant as a theme. I was like, Iron Frog Weekend. I got all these people in for that. And we did dinners. I turned the place into a grocery store. I called it my bodega. And I didn't tell my business partner. I ordered a bunch of things. I listed it on the online ordering site. And the next morning I said, by the way, we're a bodega. Get ready to pack groceries. And all of a sudden orders just started coming in. (laughs) Literally. Just the machines just started going and she's like, what did you do to me? And she's packing bags of potatoes and oranges and milk. And we just did whatever we had to do. It was fun for a little while. It was like, hi, right, this is great. We're, you know, donating food to hospitals and we're helping people and we're keeping ourselves alive and we're helping our employees. And it was, it was fun. It was fun until it wasn't when it got to be tedious. And then I had, you have to at some point say, who are we? And Popover is not a fast food takeout restaurant grocery store. And so I had to pull that back and say, you know what? We're going to be who we are. We're a breakfast and lunch restaurant. We're going to go so back how did, to what we are. What made it tedious apart from just the fact that you were still doing it? What what, what aspect? It's, it's really odd because I, I sort of like analyze this all the time. Like, what am I doing differently? That's so much more exhausting um, emotionally and mentally, it's just, it's so much more exhausting than it was before. And I think it's just the constant scrutiny, um, the worry and concern that you have for your staff, for your customers constantly, um, being in fear that you screw up and, you know, you drink a glass of water and someone takes a picture of you, you're constantly being watched and just all the added things that we need to do to survive. And in the beginning, Um, I felt like everyone was really coming together. All the restaurants were working together. And I don't know, just like as of late past six weeks, I see people sort of like digging each other online, like, or copying things other people are doing. And, you know, I closed for a day because of COVID and three other restaurants pop up. Oh, we're open. Come here. And they were at restaurants that weren't open on those days anyway. And it's like, ah, come on. (laughs) So I feel like everyone is just yeah, well, they're hurting too and they're struggling and trying to grab business, but I feel like it's not as closely bonded as it was. There's certain people that are and others that are. So. Yeah, that, that makes sense that, it, that at some point the camaraderie that you might have formed at the beginning because it's like, wow, we're all in this together. We kind of, you know, uh, we all got to survive this at some point is like, oh, yeah. only one of us is going to survive this. Well, it may as well be me. Like, I, I, I guess I, I get that. But at the same time, it's I still feels like a short sighted um, mindset. Uh, but oh, right. it was interesting. You were saying it as the as the kind of Internet blipped out uh, uh, the the last time you were saying that you had to decide who you were and that you're you're not a fast food takeout restaurant and that you you know you care about ambiance and everything. So have you have you been able to reclaim that in spite of covid just continuing? Yeah, so I I did something that most people aren't doing during this pandemic is I closed for a week and I popped about $20,000 into my restaurant and I remodeled. And so I remodeled in a way that made the takeout more efficient and made us 
look like we're a little bit more of a takeout restaurant when you walk in our counters longer we have uh, big chalkboards that have our menu up so you can order quickly but it still kept us who we were and i didn't change the menu and i didn't push dinners anymore because we're not a dinner restaurant and i just tried to make our processes run smoother but i put yeah. money into the business that i didn't have to do like really aesthetics to just like help us function better but be who we are yeah, but the aesthetics matter, you know. I I feel like I feel like sometimes people are like, well, it's just aesthetics. It's like, well, no, aesthetics are a huge part of why certain businesses succeed and fail in in any industry because it's the way people feel when they walk in or the way they feel when they go to your website or or show up on a Zoom call where I'm giving a workshop, the way they feel when I first say hello or what right, right? It's the like the way my room looks. Um, the lights that I have on it, it all, if I had on purple lights instead, you'd have felt differently when you first showed up on this Zoom call. Like, right. And I do when I do a magic show, they're purple back there. Right. Because I want a different feel. It's like that, that stuff, that stuff matters. Um, so what we did was we took everything that was painted black, like every piece of trim work that was painted black, we painted white because people perceive white as being clean. And so the whole look was like, you're going to walk the door and you're going to say, wow, this place is so clean. <laughs> That's so We just painted good. everything that was black, white. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it does, you walk in, you're like, whoa, but it's still in keeping with who we are. It still looks charming and sweet and those like small town bakery, but you walk yeah. in, you're like, wow. And you don't have clean. an easy place to, uh, to remodel for, for COVID because, you know, for, for the listeners, for the viewers here, maybe I can put up a photo of, uh, maybe you can send me a photo of what it used to look like and what it looks like now. Um, it, it's okay. a small, tight place designed sure. to be kind of almost shoulder to shoulder, small town bakery. How, how many people can you fit in there safely right now? Right now, 25. Really? That's, that's and, more than I expected. That's good. Yeah, we're, we're 25 right now. Yeah. Um, we were at about 57, yeah. which we had community tables, you know, we had t 10 times. Right. Community yeah. tables. Right. Uh, what, what a concept from the past. Right. We cut them in half. They're <laughs> that was the first thing we did. Yeah. Well, get rid of those. They won't be used anymore. We cut them in half and had them rebuilt. Mm -hmm. I mean, just and and I I feel for what what you just said too about um you know investing twenty grand in the business in the middle of all this. That the first decision I made back in March when I lost everything overnight. You know, I had contracts, speaking contracts into twenty twenty one. You know. 12 months in advance, 15 months in advance, and literally just in the span of two days, 100 cancellation emails were being forwarded to me by my management, and I had a baby on the way that no one knew about yet, and I was just in a complete panic, and and the industry collapsed. It wasn't just my events. The entire industry in which I work disappeared, and, and in those couple of days, while all that contracts, all that money disappeared, the first thing I did is I hired my business coach for an immediate session. I put down thousands of dollars for an immediate session. I said, I need you to teach me how to build a virtual business now. I need it running by next week. Like I got no time to waste here. No trial and error, what works now. And so I had to spend that money yeah. while I was losing all of it, hoping it would pay off. And that decision was so difficult. So when you said I, I spent 20 grand to remodel, I was like, oh, I feel that. I feel that hard. Yeah, people were like, what are you doing? The restaurant yeah. next to me came up and he was like, "How why are you putting money into your business right now? I'm like, because I have to. We're not going back to normal ever. 
Yeah, yeah, because because you're you're playing. So a book that came out last year, which is brilliant, is called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, and and you've always played The Infinite Game. I think you'd really enjoy this book too. It's about um, businesses and entrepreneurs, and even just in your life the difference between finite games and infinite games and in that there is both of these games we play all the time in our lives and in work and finite ones have, it's like have fixed players and agreed upon rules, right? Football is a finite game. We know when the game's over. We know who won when it's over. We've all agreed. Um, politics is supposed to be a finite game. We're all supposed to agree when the votes come in that who won and who <laughs> lost, right? <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, but infinite games are things like like marriage is an infinite game. There's no winner or loser. The goal of marriage is to stay in marriage, right? The goal of friendship is to stay in friendship. The goal of business is to stay in business. There's not a winner of business. You're not going to win the game of owning a restaurant. There's no such thing. And earlier you were talking about some of the local restaurants who are playing as if it's a finite game. I have to beat pop over um, in order to stay in business, but that's not the case. They just have to stay in business to stay in business. And I feel that- like you have always been like that, infinite-minded and thinking, this is it. This is what we're doing. And so why would I stop investing in my business? I'm here to stay in business, right? Right, right. I'm not looking to close. We're not closing. I've said that from the beginning. Everyone's like, oh my God, are you going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, we're going to be okay. We don't have another option. It, isn't that amazing what we don't have another option does for you, for your your uh, kind of innovation, creativity, thought process? Um, so- you mentioned earlier when we first got on that at this point, it's no middle of November, almost Thanksgiving 2020, you said, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> are are you really out of ideas or are you just having a moment right now? I don't know. I'm spent. I have to tell you, it's just, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult to constantly try to figure out things, figure out a new game, a new way to do things. And with the winter looming and maybe another shutdown, like I just don't know if I can go back and do what we did in March and April. It's not going to be fun again. It's not going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. I've already had those balls thrown at me. And uh, yeah, I'm just, it, it's, it's tough. Yeah. No, that challenging because there's not a lot of people to work either. So I'm doing everything on a limited staff and it's just draining. I've definitely been drained. I'm, I'm so blown away that you, that people are having trouble hiring when there's so many people out of work. Why are you having trouble finding staff? I'm finding trouble finding good staff. Um, there are people out there okay. looking for work. There's a lot of people who have never worked in a kitchen before and they apply to be an experienced line cook and they've never done anything close to being a cook. Yeah. Um, and right now I need people who know what they're doing and who are safe and have done this yeah. before. And then you get people who just are job hopping and they'll start for a few days. They seem great. And then someone else offers them more money because everybody's looking for people right now. Mm. Okay. And there's the irresponsible ones. It's hard, It's just hard to find good quality people right now. And a lot of cooks don't want to work breakfast. No, it's just, not, it's not. That's, I guess that's, that's, that's probably just a, a thing that's always been true, but that, that, yeah, that, yeah. That other the 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 first few things that you said there about it, that see that also says to me the same thing we were talking about about being infinite minded is you're not looking for someone who's just going to come in and do it for a few days and bail you out this weekend and then have to start over next week you're looking for someone who's going to be a good fit for the restaurant and your community and the ambiance and the customers and and the fans I mean you have fans in a way that most restaurant tours don't have fans they have customers I, yeah I have people who will. Come in and like physically take someone out of my restaurant if I want them to. 
<laughs> That's so useful. Frustration post and people are like, who is it? I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so that's so crazy. I, I have to tell you, I mean, because we had the baby on the way, Lindsay was pregnant all year and now we have an infant. I have not been inside a single restaurant since COVID and I miss oh. yours so much because I used to pop in when I wasn't on the road. You know, I just pop in, get a coffee, get a this, say hey to everybody that knew me you know, and uh, I, I enjoyed it and I, I miss just the pop in, pop out, kind of like wave at people, and man, that that is a thing I've sorely missed this year. Um, and we've just had to be with an infant, you know, no immune system, just way too careful. We've been so shut down this year. Um, so, okay, I have three questions to wrap this up, which are the same three questions I ask everybody. These are standardized so that it helps me figure out how to uh, categorize each each of the stories and and find the themes that make sense together. So first. And you can take a second to think about this. How would you describe your 2020 in one word? Oh, see, you're catching me in a bad week. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Like, I, I just want to say, like, complete bullshit, but that's two words. Um, <laughs> challenging, I guess, challenging. It's been the entire year, everything about it's been challenging. Well, okay. So, what would you have said uh, if I caught you last week before the the current situation? Oh, I've been in this mindset for a few weeks. So, yeah, same thing. I I, I think it's just challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what characteristics or personality traits of yours would you say were critical to your your survival, let alone your success this year? <sighs> um, definitely, just my work ethic. I, I don't think if if you're someone who can't just dig in and do everything that you need to do, you're not going to survive something like this. I'm creative. I'm passionate about what I do. Um, I love my restaurant. I'm very proud. There's definitely a lot of pride there. I'm not. I'm not going down. We're gonna. We're gonna figure this out. So, um, and I'm stubborn. I'm a stubborn German woman, and I'm not gonna let COVID take me out. That's just not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's great. It's a great answer. Um, okay. And lastly, at this point, and I know it's a, a an immediately frustrating week, but you might need to ab- abstract from that. Maybe. <laughs> What is your outlook on the future of your your business right now? Um, you know, I, I still have a very positive outlook. I think we're going to come out of this and we're, we know now how to do so many things above and beyond what we were doing before. So I have this huge takeout business that I never had. Now I have all these customers that I never had before who are ordering online and it's a totally new set of business for us. So if we can come back and still have everyone dining in, and we still have this huge takeout business, which I think we will for quite a while, my business will have grown. So I, my outlook is positive. I, I just have to need to get through like the next four months. And I know it's gonna be a hard four months. Winter, winter is coming, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been running an uphill battle for six months towards like an insanely huge hurricane. Mm. That's how I feel right now. It's going to get bad in the next few weeks and I just have to get through it. And I will. Yeah. That but, I think that has been the worst part of this year for so many people is knowing that no matter what you've done so far to for, survive the initial hit, to survive all the new unpredictabilities that we all knew that 
any amount of success we've made is going to get tested even worse than it has yet this winter, that we've all known that that's coming even as we were having successes. And I feel like there were times when I, I found it difficult to enjoy the fact that I was succeeding and beating this thing and building and reinventing my business, knowing that it's still going to get worse before it gets right. better. Enjoying this moment and saying, oh, yeah. God, my sales are higher than they were last year. Oh, well, thank God, because they're going to be awful in six weeks. Yeah, you know, it's mm -hmm. like you can't even enjoy that moment because you just know yeah. ahead of you. And I try not to be negative and think negatively about the future, but it's more just... You know, being honest with myself, like it's going to be hard. I need to buckle up for that and know what I'm going to do. I, I have no doubt. I had no doubt from the beginning that I, th I thought right at the beginning, if one restaurant in Simsbury in our local community was going to survive, I knew it was going to be yours. And it looks like uh, uh, at least a handful yeah. will, which which is yeah, great. I don't see anyone in town closing. I think what everybody's doing okay yeah. right now. Yeah, I think this this particular community, and we're obviously both biased because we both live here, but this community, and I've been watching nationwide and, and talking to friends ever. I mean, my siblings in different in different states and different cities across the country, you know, they've been like, yeah, 70% of the restaurants in our community closed within the first like month. You know, like I see that all over the place and just you guys are all still here. It's amazing. People are so supportive. I mean, the community here yeah. doesn't want to lose their restaurants. And yeah. there, it, without that, we would not have succeeded. So, well, that's great. I'm glad your outlook is positive, and I'm so happy that we were able to do this. Uh, thank yeah. you for bearing with the 2020 internet. <laughs> Nothing is easy. Uh, three right. attempts to make this conversation. I really appreciate it. <laughs>